Hi, everybody. This is Patty Negri. Welcome to the Witching Hour. Yep, it's that time of day when the veil is thin and magic happens. My magic for you this week is an author, a very magical girl herself, Deborah Castellano. And we're going to talk about her new book, Magic for Troubled Times. Because if there ever was a troubled times, we're kind of living in some troubled times with the pandemic still continuing. So here's a magical witchy way to look at these things. So before I bring on Deborah, though, where's Patty? <laughs> and I really did have to check my Google Calendar on this one. Where I am, if you're listening to this, the first week we drop, which is Monday, September 26th. Yes, this week we move into October, the holy month of all holy months. Yes, the weekend of Halloween, of Samhain, of my birthday. Yes, days away. But where I am right now, I just got back from Boston area, Orange, Massachusetts, and Symposium Catonia. I'm sure it was fabulous. A very, very witchy, witchy, witchy weekend in this million room um, a mansion in Orange, Massachusetts with my friend Sal Santoro and Jeff Cullen and all sorts of magical folks, Scarlett Amaris, and I'm sure we had a great and magical times. I am here for a few days. Tomorrow, Tuesday, if you see this by Tuesday, I am teaching a protection class because remember, as we get close to Halloween or Samhain, the veil is thinner and we might need that much more protection if we're not careful with our spirits moving around. Um, Wednesday, of course, what do you have? Witches movie, Kevin. Yes, we're figuring it out as we go. And we had fun last week and the week before. And if you guys like it, we'll continue it. But now, now it is through Halloween. So Wednesday, turn live on Facebook, on YouTube, and later. And Witches movie, Kevin. And other than that, this weekend, I'm going to Orange County. Yep, Orange County Paracon. So that's pretty local to me. That's not even 50 miles away. But it is the first ever Orange County Paracon. Check out orangecountyparacon.com. Or maybe it's ocparacon.com. Check them both. Orange County Paracon. Google it. It is in Anaheim. Yes, the home of Disneyland. I'm going to be doing a seance. There is great presenters. There is great vendors. There's great workshops. So all you Southern California people, you don't even have to jump on a plane with me. So join me in Anaheim for OC Paracon. And next week after that, is Vulture City, Arizona. So drive or fly, but you can see me every weekend if you want to. How fun would that? You're like, I'm not so sure. But in Vulture City, I'm going to try table tipping for the very first time. Let's see what it is. Anyway, where's Patty? I am right here for the three days in the middle of the week and hope to see you at all these other places. So wherever you are, have fun, be magic. Guess what time it is? Yes. Oh, no, that's too noisy, baby. It is time for the Willow Report. Yes, this little girl that just took me several minutes to mow down because she had a bone and she really... Oh, there's the yawn. So now we know it really is the Willow. <laughs> now we know it really is the Willow Report. Grace is running around here somewhere. Willow, the reason I'm just running and got her because it's time for her uh, daily play date. 
a double yawn. It's going to be a really good day for everybody watching or listening to this right now, I promise you. Um, as we get into almost October, the Willow Report today is going to be about, with Halloween, we have a lot of candy around. We have a lot of decorations around like plastic skeletons and bones and pumpkins and decor. Just remember to be extra careful with your fur babies. They are going to want to eat that whole bag of Reese's candy. They are going to want, and it's just not good for them. They might grab that skeleton bone that you're hanging from your front door and it's heavy plastic, but it's not made really for dogs to eat or styrofoam. So keep your little willows, whatever their name is, safe. Because you don't want them to get sick because it's Halloween. It's Samhain. Look at this baby. She's got her moon. She's got her pentagram. She's got all sorts of good things. And she's just really kind of going, Mom, give me my bone. Give me my cigar. I want to get going now. I have a play date with all my best friends. Where's the kitty? Where's the kitty? I don't know. Anyway, um, I was gone and I'm back and I'm gone. And all I do when I get home is kind of hug the baby. So that's a Willow Report. You guys... As we're getting into season, people have more flowers. You have more interesting flowers. Some of those seasonal flowers are poisonous to pups and kitties. So be real careful and then enjoy the season. That's the Willow Report. Right, Willow? Say goodbye. Say goodbye. Look in the camera. Learn to look. look. No, you have nothing to do with it. Nothing. You want to go play? Okay, here's your bone. One more half a yawn. <laughs> Some are better than others. Okay, for this week's magic, I'm going to go back to the wheel of the year. Yes, the holiday season. What do we have coming up? Samhain. Samhain, you say? What is that? Halloween? Heard of Halloween? Yes, Samhain, and it is spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N. So a lot of people go salmon, but it's not. The M is silent. Um, it's Samhain. It is actually the witch's new year. Indeed, it is I think our most holy of days. It is when we celebrate the dead. So how does Samhain and Halloween have together? They're completely hooked together in all my experiences. Um, people at Halloween dress up and put on masks because the veil is thin and they want to scare away ghosts. Same thing as Samhain, the veil is thin. It is the day when the veil is the thinnest. So the reason we carve pumpkins is in Europe, used to carve turnips and whatever they had there to scare away the bad ghosts, to confuse the ghosts. So it really is a season all about celebrating the dead, knowing the veil is thin, and we've got Dia de los Muertos in the, in the Spanish culture. We have All Saints Days, what the Christians turned into is celebrating the dead. So... This is the season to carve pumpkins, to do orange, to do all sorts of magical things that we're going to be doing anyway. Who knew it was a holy day? Some of you actually did. But what to do besides your parties, it is a time for dancing and celebrating and feasting. But it's also a time for really celebrating, celebrating your beloved dead. This is the time. Put up an altar to your ancestors. What does that mean? It means maybe just putting some pictures of your deceased relatives up, lighting candles. That's what we do. There's some beautiful rituals we do on Samhain and Samhain Eve in the pagan community. And many places now have big, beautiful public rituals. Otherwise, do your own at home. It's time to celebrate the dead, the ancestors. 
put up pictures, do candles. Um, some of the nice herbs for this is actually sage. For me, the non-sage girl, sage works beautifully. Put sage in the food that you're cooking. Rosemary is a beautiful sowin herb. Rosemary chicken, perhaps, if you eat the poultry. Cinnamon, it's a time of cinnamon. Maybe we're starting to bring out those cinnamon brooms. Cloves, baking breads with cinnamon and clove. This is celebrating Samhain because it means it is the time the harvest is ending, the summer is ending, and we're going into the dark time of winter. When in olden days, it would be like, ah, are we going to live? Are we going to make it? Do we have enough food stored? Um, and now it's just about celebrating. So in, if you're in Ireland, they're going to have big old bonfires. And if you can make a bonfire, make a bonfire. Otherwise, light a beautiful candle and celebrate what you have. Journal, burn beautiful, work with your herbs. Um, celebrate. Flowers, there's beautiful flowers that are good for this. Um, some of the flowers are marigolds and chrysanthemums. Yes, they're the same ones you could buy at your local store, at your Walmart, at your grocery store. All the colors are the colors of fall, of Samhain. It's about the harvest. So do some magic this Halloween. Even if you go trick-or-treating, even if you go to parties. Yes, that's Willow waiting for her play date. Um Celebrate some of your ancestors. Carve that pumpkin. Even put the skeleton out. Why not? We're celebrating the dead. Just don't let your dogs eat the candy. Magic is everywhere. Just look at the calendar now and then. The magic on my show is in my beautiful guests. And I want to introduce you to someone, you to someone meeting as well. Um, um, Deborah Castellano. Deborah Castellano is a writer, crafter, and glamour girl who serves as a frequent contributor to occult pagan sources such as Witchbox, Pagan Square, and Witches and Pagans. We'll talk more about it, but you can find her at charmedfinishingschool.com. And she has, she has this wonderful new book called Magic Dick for Troubled Times. And I think we have some troubled times. So welcome, Deborah. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, this book could not be more perfectly timed, of course, as things get crazier and crazier in there. In um, so tell us a little, a little bit about why did you even come up with, I mean, I guess it's a big why. Was this one of those, wow, life is crazy. I better talk to witches because nobody does this. Right, right. And that's, that's feedback I've gotten a lot about the, this book in particular, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to have been providing that. Um, in the beginning of pandemic, I was laid off and I had meant to write a little chat book. Um, I have some editor friends who were willing to help me uh, do the back end of things, but I kept writing and writing. And as my little nephew, who I was tutoring at the time, you know, figured out that this was going to be a real book and it just kept flowing from there. That's beautiful. Um, I just got it and I'm just going through it, but you have everything from, from recipes and grounding and spells and and even worksheets in here. So, so what is, so say somebody goes, okay, I can't take this anymore because, because we've been, we, we try and again, again, we are magical ones who, you know, create our reality. But again, we've passed two years into this pandemic. There's so much fear base. There's so much base. So, so explain how somebody would go, I can't take this anymore. I need to go, what should I do? <laughs> 
Sure, sure. I had very over-optimistically thought by the time the book was actually released, I'd be talking about more personal issues like uh, divorce and death and things like that, uh, job loss and all of that. But, you know, the world keeps being the world. <laughs> and uh, there's still also plenty of global things to choose from as well. And um, it's meant to kind of walk you through from... Um, when you've gone through something that's difficult to getting back on your feet to deciding where to go to starting to refocus your life. That's good. Well, with this pandemic, there is more death, obviously, and there's a lot more, lot more divorce. A lot of people just could not handle that, that sequestered house together. I know so many people who, who broke up, like even long-term relationships. Yes. Uh, I don't know if they went bad or they just figured out that now that they're hanging around together, that it is bad. Um, I think we thought we'd have a lot of pandemic babies and it wound up to be a lot of pandemic divorces. And you know, it wasn't quite what any of us were was expecting, I don't think. Yeah. So it, it it's odd. You know, and a lot of good stuff came out of it too. What are some of the symptoms that you think that for people to, to even pay attention to, like to even realize that they need help along the way? Sure. Um, so in some traditions uh, that are hoodoo based, they talk about cross conditions. Like everyone likes to think that, you know, someone is maybe hexing them. And most of the time, that's not the case. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of energy. Um, someone would have to be very dedicated towards that. What happens more often is your conditions get crossed up. That's when you um, lose track of time, when there's a lot of minor inconveniences happening in your life when it starts to happen to people around you, um, when your actual house, your car, etc., are very messy, um, when it's just hard to keep track of everything. And uh, that was something I think we all experienced a lot during pandemic um, because time was very weird then. And I think that's that's a good way to to think about if you need that, if you feel overwhelmed a lot you know if you feel like you're having trouble um figuring out what to do next okay okay which is all of those things people have been feeling and people do because well, i get it all the time too somebody's hexed me you know probably not right, <laughs> 99.9 right. no no <laughs> they're not even thinking about you more than likely they're doing right, their own, right. whatever they're doing um so what are some of the without i'm going to encourage you to get to the book but what are some of the things that you are do you have like practices are you know going with ritual is there like daily things that you suggest people go into Sure. I mean, well, one of the first things that's not terribly magic is that I suggest some recipes because cooking for yourself can be very challenging during these times. Um, because I know everyone wants to get to the good part. Everyone wants to do all the magic and the, you know, like, but you have to get your feet under you first, which is why I suggest starting with, with cooking and with grounding. Um, grounding was something for me as a younger witch. Um, I've been a practicing witch for half my life now, uh, so about 20 years. And um, I resisted it a lot, I think, because it seemed very optional in a ritual setting. But most of the time when I'm using my grounding skills, the phone is ringing off the hook. I'm staring into a, a supply closet trying to manifest paper clips or something. And I hear things starting to go wrong in the background and my coworkers and like, that's when you really need to ground and center more than anything else in my experience. 
And the same is true if you're, you know, at home with your kids or when, you know, certainly we were, you know, helping them with school during pandemic. Uh, that, that required a lot of grounding and centering as someone who was involved with that process with her, my nephew. Um, and it's also like just getting a chance to get back in control of yourself. Okay. Um, so it's, uh, I see you have whole sections on healing and ritual and um, I do like that you do have a sustenance and you call it, sus call it sustenance. So um, do, do you, are you part of that, like the kind of recipe, the, the ingredients in the recipes are part of what's grounding for you. So magical cooking kind of kitchen witchy stuff along right. the way. Right, exactly. And then, you know, once you start to feel a little more healed and you have more good days than bad days, that's when we can start focusing on other things like, you know, your finances, like, you know, doing all of the tasks that still need to be done because like, God forbid someone died in your life, you have to deal with the lawyers and the probate and the funeral arrangements and then everything that comes after it. And oh yeah, grief, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh, yeah, breathe. So, um, I know your book starts starts out with roots. What does that mean by roots? I mean, that was one of the first ways I was introduced to witchcraft was the idea of grounding through your roots and into the ground itself. And I think it's a matter of finding those. And in that, I share some of my personal experiences, you know, in finding my own roots. Um, when my mother and my sister and I took a trip to Sicily, where um, my uh, ancestors are from. And we had no idea what to expect. My sister had been there a little bit as a flight attendant, but my mom hadn't. And uh, her mother and father were from there. And, you know, like really getting into that, but also the actual, um, experience of physically rooting yourself into the ground and starting to grow those tentative shoots and you know roots we think of as very deep and firm but they're not at the beginning and that's a good thing because from there that's when we can start to like if we need to kind of pull them up real fast you know because it's not working it's very easy to do at that point so like maybe you shoot a few roots into the ground and they're not the right ones and that's okay you can pull them right out and try again Oh, that's brilliant. I've never thought of that or looked at it that way before. So that's, so do you do with you with the, do you get people to get out in nature a lot? Well, if when possible. Oh, absolutely. It definitely helps. I mean, I definitely was much more in nature um, during pandemic than I had been previously because that was the only thing we could do for a while. Um, you know, especially in New Jersey where we were very hard hit. And um, I started like, I had some older occult aunties who said like eventually you'll start to notice like the wheel of the year in your local um like parks and even your yard and stuff like that and I think I was just too busy rushing 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 that it was hard even though I've lived in the same place in the same house for the last decade for me to really notice until I had to I really had to because there was nothing else to do, you know, and um, it was a very powerful experience and it's changed how I am even now. Like I really like being outdoors, even when it's cold, even when it's, you know, not ideal weather. Whereas before it was like, oh, 90 degrees, no, thank you. you know? <laughs> I, yeah, I love that. Yeah, I'm an outdoorsy girl too. And we had moments that we even, even though they said outside, but they closed down all the outside places I went yeah. to. And that was like, horrible but it's all good now it's all back coming back um you do talk about a lot about healing in your book too so are you 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 go into like 
emotional, spiritual, physical? Do you address the different things along the way? I, I do a bit. I mean, obviously, of course, you know, I'm a very practical girl. Like if something traumatic has happened, you may need some professionals in your life and that's okay. But there is stuff you can do for yourself as well, even if you are working with professionals and, you know, to take that time to get recentered into your own body, to take that time to figure out what, where, where have things gone off track and what can you do to bring them back? I mean, like I've, I've said a lot um, in some of my earlier writing that, you know, there's kind of two ways to look at it. If you have a ramen stand in Tokyo, either you're waiting around for Godzilla, you know, which is something you can't control. Who's going to stomp on your ramen stand and there's nothing you can do. And, you know, you're just kind of flailing around or you could be like, you know, I let my sister run it on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and she's kind of not like the best salesperson. Her noodles are thick. You know, maybe my water isn't the greatest. Those are things you can control. And bringing that locus of control back to you both um, psychologically and magically is very important there because then you can be like, okay, you know, like let's say I'm going through a breakup, you know, maybe that had to happen. But what can I what can I bring going forward into my future relationships? What did I not, you know, do right all the time? What can I fix? Because you can't change your ex. That that's done. You know, like that's done. There's nothing to be done about that. But you can change what you do moving forward. You can change how you're processing grief with the loss of a loved one. You can work on, you know, like your career path if you're in a field that's drying up or wh whatever situation is going on. I mean, pandemic was also very hard on small business, you know? Oh, I know. Living in LA, it's like, they're gone, they're gone, they're gone, gone yeah. looking at things like that. Um, so so you said you've been a practicing witch for half of your life. Over, so yeah. you were young when you started because you're still young. So how did, <laughs> what is, tell us about your path a little bit. How did you end up here? Um, beautiful so, glamour. No, beautiful. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's very, it's a very troubled time situation for me. Um, my dad had passed when I was 18 and I was in college and I was taking a lot of religion courses because obviously academia would solve that. <laughs> Like I, I didn't, I was also going to therapy, but you know, like I, I was like, okay, so one of the classes I was taking, we needed to go to a religion that was different than our home religion. I was raised Roman Catholic and um, um, one of my friend's stepmothers was a very big feminist and I was interviewing her for another course I was doing. And I mentioned that I need to go to like a different religious service. And she said, well, I have a circle. Would you like to come? And from there, it just all started, you know, kind of making sense and, and getting together along the way. I picked up some um, Druidry practice and um, in terms of like what I was doing in group settings. But I also did my own explorations as well. Yeah. So did you end up a Druidic path or you eclectic or? Yeah, I'm more eclectic than anything else. I, I have like Dianic Wicca in my background. I have ADF Druidry in my background. I have a lot of that kind of thing, um, you know, also influenced by like, you know, other things like Hoodoo because that's sort of, that's an American practice that started here, you know, and um, was very uh, based in immigrant work and all of that. And also people who didn't want to be here so voluntarily, you know, so stuff like that, you know, was definitely stuff I was, I was considering because I wanted to connect to something more locally. I know a lot of people 
get very caught up in, um, you know, like what their heredity uh, background is, but I'm adopted, so I don't know. You know, like that was never important to me. It was more important to me, like what felt right and what went with things. And, you know, eventually I kind of started to come back a little bit to folk Catholicism through that too. And, you know, like um, some of some of the more like, you know, what's not fun about magical dead people has <laughs> backed up, <laughs> you know, like like that that part you know versus like the the church you know it was more like you know all these weird saints and and cool stuff that happened in the very beginning you know yeah. well i know again i wasn't raised with any with anything and i just went to everywhere and ended up here too but catholic seems the closest to the pagan they they frankincense myrrh censors ritual it's like yeah it's, a, it's you know a little dressed up differently but absolutely absolutely i was like i don't know how you didn't expect me to wind up here you know like yeah, yeah. pretty much the same holiday it's just, just different. Right. we're doing right. all this stuff so and 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 yeah ancestry is it's funny because um I thought I was one thing because where my grandfather was from, my Turkish, and then my mom's side is all the Irish English. But when now that we have all this DNA stuff, right? Um, I'm well, number one, I'm a, I'm a mutt I'm from every part of the world, world, but it, it's ever changing. So I just want to recommend if anybody did that, like ancestry or the whatever that one, two, three thing, go back and check on it. You don't have to pay extra because I keep. My Turkish keeps going away and my Italian keeps going up. I'm up to 29, 29. And I didn't think I had an Italian bone and bone in my body. Name is kind of Italian. So, um, yeah, so we can't go all by blood. But I think there's a nice mix of what we're drawn to from blood or DNA. And then our magical family, how we're. Right. So our, I know you have spells and rituals. Are, are spells part of your life and your and your healing practice in, in this troubled times? Absolutely. Um, one of the first things when this all started happening that I did is I, and I don't generally do this because I feel like, you know, as we say in some of my groups, I, it's a little bit pissing in the ocean, but um, I was, I was taking everyone who had a petition petition and I was lighting candles on my altar for all of them. And I had all of their petitions and offerings for all of them. And, um, you know, like my, I had it all on a cake stand and the cake stand broke in half. And now I'm not usually one of those people who, who see signs everywhere. I'm, I'm very grounded and boring that way. But, um, you know, um, I was looking at this and I was like, oh God, what does this mean? Cause you know, it's the beginning, nobody, right. nobody knows. And I'm cleaning up all this glass and there's glass everywhere. And I'm like, at the same time, nothing, important on my altar was broken it was a big mess it was difficult to deal with it was not what I wanted to do that day but at the end of the day you know nothing was broken too badly and I know that's not true for everyone I know people lost people in, in the pandemic of course like my husband is a nurse on the front line was a nurse on the front lines and now he's in hospice so I I know like works in hospice. I'm always told to correct that. You know, that's a very important distinction. Nurse in hospice, not in hospice himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that is uh, phew, sort of a lot. 
<laughs> to let. Um, yeah, I'm de- I'm dealing that with my brother right now. Who just I got him through two and a half years, and now I got COVID in a home because he's got dementia. It's like, sure. So we, we are dealing with things. So what are some of your easier, uh, without giving away your whole book, say somebody's <laughs> going, okay, we've got this, got this going. It is my relationship, or it is this thick, thick. Um, do you like give workshops? Okay, maybe you should do this kind of a thing or that kind of a thing. Is it simple little do at home rituals to start them out? Absolutely. Just to give my people a little better handle on. That's a lot of my background was, was very simple things. And sometimes simple things do mean the most. Like when um, COVID was spreading more, like the lighting candles for everyone I knew who had it was very important to me. And that's a very simple thing. Um, you can always light a candle and dress it very simply, like with an oil to give you strength, to give you like some self-love, to give you whatever it is you need to get through this and adding like a color through like uh, mica or herbs, you know, to it. It can be as simple or as elaborate as you want. As much as, you know, we all like the very um, Hollywood image of a witch where it's this time and we have all these things, you know, like I'm usually rummaging around my, my pantry like a squirrel, you know, looking for stuff because you're not expecting it at that moment. You're like, oh God, what do I do? And I think there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you can always use a bit of cinnamon to speed things up. You can always use a bit of lavender to calm things down. You can always use a bit of rose to like bring that self-love back to yourself. Um, and, and sometimes the simplest things are the most important and the most meaningful. Yeah, I agree. And we use what we have. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this will work. This will work. Um, boom, boom, boom. So I also, because I'm a moon girl, I do things by moon cycles and more than astrology. So I do notice, you notice you did a lot of moon work. What's some of your thoughts on that and that specifically? I too am a moon girl. Um, I prefer the the moon over um, astrology, generally speaking, just because I feel like there's a little more wiggle room. Like waxing and waning takes up a lot of the month, you know, which yeah. helps. <laughs> um, water, you know. Yeah, yes, yeah. I know we have, I know we have stars, but we're water. Yeah, exactly. And and um, I just really like. Um, you know, the full moon and, and being present with it. And that's why, you know, there's some ritual work in there about like you get rid of things during, you know, one part of the moon and then you're bringing stuff in because you don't want to create that vacuum and the moon doesn't create a vacuum. You know, you're always waxing or waning. It doesn't stop. So, you know, like if you are taking some things out, things that are no longer serving you, you want to make sure you're putting something else back in because otherwise, you know, you just kind of have this hole in you and nobody wants that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that and that's good. People, even when I do like clearing, clearing. So you talk about there's the space too a little bit, don't you, in here? Like your where where we're sitting, where you have to live, keeping that. Right. And um, you know, for some people, you know, altar space is very accessible. Some people even have whole altar rooms. That's fabulous. And for some people, they need something very small. And one of the things I learned um as a younger witch was you know, the idea of creating the internal space, because you can control that. Like, you know, if you live with your parents, you live with roommates, you live with maybe an unsupportive spouse, you know, whatever your situation is, you know, when you're creating that internal shrine, that's a place for you to go to no matter what's going on, you know, so it, 
I like that. And I like also like adding some intention, you know, like I think we were thinking of KonMari a lot during the pandemic, you know, um, and I, I've done some of her methodology and it, it does work. Um, and it is interesting to feel those spirits of clothes and, and discarded goods and stuff like that to see if it wants to stay or go, you know, you do get a feel for that eventually. Yeah. I'm still working on that one. Yeah, I know. I know. It's such a work in progress. I did, because I just started having people back in the house after two years of not and of not. And I'm like, where did all these piles of st stuff from? Yes, yeah. I have been working on that, too, because between book writing and pandemic and everything else, it's kind of got it that way. And I've been digging through. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about digging through. That's the first step, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Setting that intention. <laughs> uh, um, anyway, I am so excited about this book. I really can't wait to read it. You you talk everything. You go into offerings and goddesses and goddesses without names and goddesses. Yeah. So this yeah. Seems like a everything is everything book. Is there's any one one thing that you want to tell everybody? Everybody, well, your favorite section or chin or chapter thought or spell or um, I really I really enjoyed doing the the goddesses without names because I do enjoy that uh, mythopoetic aspect of it and you know like I for me as my development as a witch like I started out with like the goddess and I'm like no goddesses have names and then it's like Yes, but also, you know, so you kind of eventually get to that yes, but also place. And it was really freeing to get to write that because that's where, you know, a lot of our roots come from. And it's, you know, great to be very academic and to know, you know, precision and all of that. But at the same time, it's also poetry. I mean, there's magic in that too. And that's important too. And, you know, maybe you don't want to connect to a very specific thing, but you want to connect to something. And that was very lovely to kind of get to, to re revisit. Yeah. Yeah, that's the first place I went. I'm so glad that you said that because I yes, yes, because I've always been more broader, so more poetic and we're talking to this person. We're talking to that. So, right, um, right. You know, so, so tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find your book, anything you have coming up, how he can follow you, follow you, so stuff like that. Sure, sure. Um, so my book is available both through Llewellyn and uh, through Amazon and also through um, your independent booksellers um, can generally order order it for you. And um, you can find where I am, my socials, all of that good stuff um, and what I'm doing on my website. And my website is DebraCastellano.com. Okay, so DebraCastellano.com. Check her out, everybody. Thank you for bringing your beautiful magic, your We Need the Troubled Times magic to the witching hour. So everybody check her out, DebraCastellano.com. This beautiful book, Magic for Troubled Times, Rituals, Recipes, and Real Talk for Witches. No better time than now. Thank you, Debra. Thank you so much for having me.